Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 50 bucks if you're wise. If you're wrong and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy, they come play it. Quizzy, they come play it. 0800-150-811. Now give us a call. Yes, welcome back. Time for Quizzy Dag. 0800-150-811 to take on me, the quiz master, Daggy, Bully, Bulldog, whatever you want to call me, Dizzy, Mangu. Come through, let me know. We're going to go to the Tauranga with Mark with the K. Morning, Marky. Morning, boys. How are you? <laughs> Morning, Good, Mark. Thank you. 11 and a half US, is it? I just wanted to come in and take tens. I'd squeeze my fat foot into it. Hey, Mark, can you pronounce that <laughs> word? Is it What's that word that you sent through for, for Izzy's nickname? Dilettante <laughs> or something. Dilettante? Dilettante. What, what does that, that mean? What does that mean? It's the opposite of an oracle, lads. So someone that stops everything when they race. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You are special, Marky. I cannot wait to drink all your good red wine. Here we go. Good luck. <laughs> Question number one in Champions League action yesterday. Man City put seven past RB Leipzig. And Erling Haaland scored five of them. Name either of the other two goal scorers. Sort of the news, and I've got no idea, so see you tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) See you tomorrow, Mark. Brett from Huntley. Morena to Mangu. Morena, my cousin. (laughs) <laughs> How are you doing? Oh, keep the fire. Hey, yourself, are you all good? Nah, all good this morning. All good. I was a bit gutted when Hungle oh. rang ran yesterday, but that's okay. That what's, is racing. What's the report? What's the report, Adam? Ah. Not too disappointed? Not too disappointed. Hopefully April 1st, maybe get another run in. Yeah, he got him into good spots, but he just looked a little bit... He didn't relax into the race, I feel, and just... Uh, they had nothing in the home straight. I was quite surprised, really. But we'll see. We'll just keep uh, keep positive and see what happens in the future. Anyway, good luck here, Brett. Champions League action yesterday. Man City put seven past RB Leipzig. Erling Haaland scored five of them. Name either of the other two goal scorers. I think that's how you name that team. <laughs> uh, excuse my uh, trio Man City, but Gundogan and De Bruyne. Yes, Gundogan and Kevin De Bruyne. Name the only team in the NRL this season with points with a points difference of zero. Ooh. 
points difference of zero. Talk. And it'd be a mid, mid-table win, maybe the Cowboys? <laughs> Ooh, the Cowboys is incorrect. Sorry, have a yeah. good day. We're going to go to Simon from Auckland. Sorry, Brett, have a good one. Morning, Simon. Morning. How you going, boys? Good, thank you. Good luck. Question number two, name the only team in the NRL this season with a points difference of zero. Is it the one Warriors? <laughs> it is the one Warriors. Congrats. Question number three. The New Zealand Oaks and Levin Classic are raced at Group 1 level this Saturday at Trentham. What age are those horses racing in those two features? Um, is it three-year-old for the Levin Classic? Three-year-olds is correct. Question number four. Name the two sub super rugby sides that have won all three of their matches this season. All three. Um, be the two. Chiefs and the two. Brumbies. Is correct. Well, he's going to go all the way, I feel. Question number five. It's a hard one. <laughs> Who is the driver of the New Zealand Sale GP's F50? Um, can I get a clue on that one? <laughs> no. Nah. Nah. <laughs> if you can't get this. Three, two. New Zealand Sail GP one. F50. Done. Who drives the boat? Blair Chuk. <laughs> Blair Chuk. No, it's not Blair Chuk. Sorry, Simon. Have a good day, mate. We're going to go to Mark and Christchurch. He's going to get something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you gonna rig it? Are you... Give it to Mark. Get Mark. Get Mark. Yeah, yeah. Get Mark. Mark. Mark, you there? Yeah. Well, I've got no idea. S- size twelve, please. Size twelve, oh, yeah. please. If you if you get this right, I'll give you the shoes. Okay. Who is the driver of New Zealand Sail GP? I can't even Google. I've got no idea. Um, you should. Minute, sailing. A it's name sailing. that comes to your mind. Team New Zealand. Scott Dixon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. I am done. I'm done with you, Mark. Get out of here, please. The quiz is cancelled. The quiz is cancelled. <laughs> See you. Have a good day, Mark. They were handed to you on a plate. Oh, wow. That was brilliant. Lemmy. No, don't give it to me, brother, because I've got no idea either. Um, Gollywog. Not him either. Lemmy. um, Yes. What? Can you put me out of my misery, please? Do you not know the Sail GP? You don't know the driver of the Sail GP? I saw him on TV last night, but I forgot his name. And I tried to Google it, but it didn't happen. (laughs) Where you been? All right, get out of here. See you later, Levy. (laughs) Brad from Dunedin. What is this? Where are we? What's going on here? I just. We're in a time warp, mate. What's going on? Well, we're trying to figure out who the driver of New Zealand Sail GP is. 
Who is it? Is it Pete Fairley? It is Pete Fairley! The one and only Pete Burling. Wow. Uh, do, I get right? do I get the shoe? <laughs> nah. <laughs> get out of here. You no. get a $50 TAB nice bonus try, for you coming, coming your way, Brandy. <laughs> Keep sending the messages through and you might, get, might be your lucky day. I just wanted to try and give them to Mark, but he said, Scott Dixon. Never seen an Indy car driving water. <laughs> <laughs> for our communities, out of the gym and off the park, working just as hard paying it forward to our next generation. This is More Than An Athlete with Izzy and Kempe. Brought to you by Tremaine Real Estate, bringing people and property together in our communities. Oh, he's certainly more than an athlete, and it's been far too long since we have caught up with our mate. He's a father, he's a punter, a part-time horse farmer, and definitely a mentor to many, including his English test cricket side, which are playing with a zest and responsibility to make sure the Red Bull game lives on and is played the right way. Baz McCullum used to love the early alarms and... Well, promise me the world, but uh, ditch me while a better <laughs> offer was opportune came to came to fruition. But that's okay. I still love him. How you doing, Bez? <laughs> Good morning. What a lovely intro. <laughs> I think. <laughs> All right, boys. <laughs> Oh, we're good, mate. But um, just trying to come up with names for for nicknames for Izzy because Kempi's got a bit of a dilemma at home. His daughter's called Izzy, and he kept yelling at the to- uh, the TV when Pung was racing, "Go Izzy, go Izzy!" And his daughter came out and said, "I thought you were talking to me." So we're trying to come up with a with a new nickname for myself. What do you got, Bez? You've got plenty. Uh, I've got I've got plenty, but none which can actually be said on air about it. Can I? Like, not without sort of. Incriminating, yeah, is he in it? Yeah, what about Dagger's fine, isn't it? What's wrong with Dagger? Yeah, Dagger, Dagger's really good. Dagger is really good. Hey, Baz, obviously, last night, um, we had Pungle racing, and um, yeah, it wasn't uh, the result we we're after, but what your thoughts on Pungle? Uh, I thought he ran quite well, actually. I reckon he might be, he might be more of a um, more of a chaser as a horse, so he might be better ridden cold, is to get him back in the field yeah. a little bit. And then just let him switch off, and then let him have a dart down the uh, down the outside, or pick his path and, and go for it. But well, I thought he ran well. Actually, he should have finished fifth. But, so to finish third, I know. I mean, we're we're on the nose, not on the tail. So we can get paid. But uh, I thought third third was a pretty good result. He's a good horse. He's gonna he'll have his time. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah. Keep the faith, as they say. Keep the faith. Good mm. work. That's right. Hey, talking about one that's come that come with a, a late run. Just talk about defibrillator, Baz, and uh, being chopped up. It, I, I thought that was the unluckiest run of the day. Yeah, it was pretty gutting, wasn't it? When you sort of think Group 1 racing, you need a few things to go your way. Um, I thought he... Uh, the, the great thing about defibrillator, like he's, he's a hardened horse. You know, He's been in Australia. He's mm. raced against the best. He's one and a half lengths off the winner in the Australian Cup. He's come back here. He's won a Group 1. He's had an awesome season. Um, this was kind of his grand final for this year, and the horse presented well. He was rock hard fit. He was ready to go, and just as he was about to sort of let down, um, he kind of got 
he got knocked over and he luck- we we're very lucky actually we still got a horse. I thought he could have gone down yeah. and yeah, what did they uh, say, Bears? If it wasn't for the riding skills of Warren Kennedy, I think he probably would have gone down. So we're, we're just happy to walk away with the horse. Did the, did the race callers or the racing industry come and say anything about that, that moment? I know the Pro-S uh, 1v2 was kind of, um, you know, went and, and debated about, but did they d- debate anything back in the field with the foot rate? No, not really. I mean, it's pretty hard in it because it's, it is Group One racing, so it's very competitive. And I thought Pro S was, yep. was super as well. I don't think you know we may not have beaten. Well, I don't think we would have beaten her, but she she looks extra. Um, but yep. you know, you just need a bit of luck, and if you don't get it, then then unfortunately those Group Ones are hard to win. So yeah, he'll be back though. We've had a good season with him, and and he'll be back and looking forward to it. So yeah, got another. Well, we know what you've been up to. Yeah, that's what oh, I'm going to head into, Bears. You, you've been, yeah. you've been, you know, you've been at all the bloody, you've been at all the, the race. Um, what are they called? Uh, the sales. You've been at all the sales. You've been at all the sales. Oh, so, fantastic. what does McCallum Stable look like at the moment? A few young ones is a few young ones, <laughs> and, and looking forward to bringing them through. Had another one of our uh, horses we bought at, at Cracker this year arrived yesterday, which is all very exciting. You see them sort of, you buy them at the sales and then, you know, you do all your homework and then you get them back to your house and you sort of watch them grow and develop and then you go through the process of getting them broken in, broken in and then obviously sent off to trainer who for us is going to be Graham Richardson, our, our neighbour and very good trainer and trainer of defibrillate. Um, so yeah, all very exciting, but you've just got to be patient. They say in, this, in the racing game, you've got to make haste slowly. <laughs> and I think that's one of the reasons why I love love the racing game as well, because it does slow you down a little bit. Yeah, it, it certainly does. Uh, hey, Baz, we've got, to, you know, obviously listeners coming out of Australia, they're keen for you to get there. We've got Mark's coming with a question here, and he says, how do you think the Poms will do against the Aussies? What, in the Ashes, you, are you allowed to say anything? We'll see. <laughs> he's, he's, there you go, Mark. There you go. You got the answer. <laughs> How's it all tracking, Baz? Like this, this, this run that you're having with the, you know, we're talking about it all the time on here, and the run that you're having with the English team, and I mate, great, great second test with the the Black Caps getting up with that last ball, doing that twice. Um, I know you'd be happy for them as well. But what's it like becoming the father figure of English cricket? <laughs> oh, Kempi, honestly, we're, we're having a great time, mate. Like, when we set out on on the kind of the campaign when Skipper and I took over um, the, the English English Test side, you know, for us it was about it wasn't just about trying to play cricket. It was about trying to bring some real relevance to Test cricket. And, and you don't want to preach that stuff, but you just want to you want to live it daily. And for us, you know, there's times where you make decisions which they may. It may end up in success or it may end up in failure, but you've got to stay true to those beliefs which you set out on your campaign with. And, you know, we, we've got a kind of mantra within our team that that, um, that others may be better than us, but none are going to be braver. And I think that's quite a nice a nice point for us that we're prepared to, to do things differently to try and win games. And it's not always going to be the case. Um, but I think in the end, the game kind of benefits. And we're, the, the way the guys have played has been... You know, I'm very lucky. I, I get the privilege of being able to have one of the best seats in the house to watch these guys go about their work. And, and they are such talented players. And, and what they've been able to do over the last nine, ten months to the game of cricket worldwide has been pretty inspirational. So, 
yeah, very fortunate to be in the position I'm in, and and uh, and I think we're just getting started. We'll find out. The Ashes is going to be a a massive series. Um, you know the 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 eyeballs which will be on on that series oh, and and the crowds wait. that we get. It's going to be it's going to be huge, and that's such a great test of where we're at. How we are we prepared to stay true to to what we've said we're going to do, and under the biggest um, the biggest microscope, and that's the exciting thing from my point of view because it gives us an opportunity. Yeah, so I know you wouldn't you won't change much, but like this is enormous in terms of cricket. The the eyes that will be on us. We've all watched the Ashes. You would have watched Ashes. You've done everything in cricket, but you've never been a part of an Ashes series. So right now. The main focus, you got Ireland before you take on the Australians back home. Mate, like, do you, do you head into this with a, a different mindset or do you keep it the same? Because we know like, what's I reckon on you keep for, it the same. for England. If anything is, I reckon you, keep it, you make it even more simple. I've always sort of found that the more on the line, the more simplistic your messaging and, and your game plan should be because otherwise all you do is enough there's enough uncertainty and insecurities in the game anyway, particularly when you add that layer of pressure. So everything yep. we've tried to do is get to, to be able to handle pressure as best we can and to be totally present in the moment so that you can make good decisions regardless of how much is on the line. And, that, and that's, that'll be the message for us right throughout is forget, well, not forget, embrace what how big a deal the Ashes is, but you, we've got ourselves in a position where we're ready to play this style of cricket and just because there's more on the line, we shouldn't we shouldn't differ from that. We should double down on it, mm. and and really sort of play the, the style that gives us the most amount of satisfaction and ultimately the greatest opportunity. So, look, who knows if Australia may be better than us, and that's okay too, because I know that if that is the case, then it's going to be one hell of a series to watch, um, because I, I do believe our boys will will, will play well and, and will play the same style that we've played over the last eight nine months. Selections, mate. You've got honestly, you're oozing talent out of that side. You've got a couple of fast bowlers that are making return. You've got a batsman, Johnny Bearstow. So you've got really good cavalry that are coming through. Like when you're selecting a team, will it be based on on conditions, style, fatigue? How do you go about it? Well, that's right. You you bang on with the players that we've got coming back. We've got such a a huge. Um, pool of talent now to choose from and, and with a bit of luck everyone will be fit as well and you know that that is always difficult to make selection decisions but that's you know that's what your gig is as well and you're not going to get them all right in fact you probably cock a few of them up but you just hope you get more right than than you get than you cock up so I think in the end the, the good thing from our point of view is that um, we've got guys who are desperate to be a part of this side and and who are, are prepared to um, you know to bring their best game to the table day in, day out. And, and uh, I think the thing about Test Cricket is not only... I mean, everyone sees the Ashes as such a huge series, but the game itself has been under pressure for a little while. So you, there's T20 franchises, there's money has flooded into the game all around the world. The opportunities for players everywhere is so vast now that you need to make the game of Test Cricket attractive, not just through how you play, but also the fun that you have. And, and that's the one thing we've tried to do is make sure that the guys are having a great deal of fun. And then when you get guys who are desperate to be a part of that team because they want to, they want to, they, they see how much fun you're having in the style of career you're playing, um, then their talent can come out when that moment arises. So we've got huge selection um, discussions to have, but whatever happens, um, you know, I, we know we're going to walk into that series with a really good squad. 
Hey, Baz, have you have you been able to put your finger on the the major difference between being in the black cap structure and the current structure that you're working with within the English? Uh, not really, Kempi. I think I mean they're two very different sides, albeit there's a lot of similarities as well. Both teams got on really really well throughout the series. It was actually a really cool moment at the end of the second test match. Both teams afterwards were out on the field at the Basin Reserve and they were kicking football round and having a couple of quiet drinks together and laughing and joking. And, and he kind of sat back. I, I certainly sat back at one stage and I thought, you know what, this is what the game's all about, you know. We go toe-to-toe yeah. for, for, for well, 10 days, really, um, over the two test matches. And then at the end of it, you sit down. There's a mutual respect there and, and a mutual respect for the game as well that you both come in as competitors. So, look, there's, there's differences. Um, obviously, um, you know, the playing pool within English cricket is, is a lot greater than New Zealand cricket, um, which makes New Zealand success so remarkable in itself. Um, both teams are littered with world-class players. Obviously, the funding is a little bit different over in the UK as well. There's more pressure in the UK too. Um, but there is also a lot of similarities in how the game itself is played. So mm. there's a couple of different aspects, but, I mean, in the end, it's, it's not too dissimilar, no. Hey, Baz, so good so good to hear your voice, mate. So good to hear your voice. Great to have you back in the country. Um, I've been saving this question for you all morning, actually. Uh, we were trying to come up with oh, nicknames yeah. for, for Izzy, and um, you're the perfect person to ask because your affinity with the breeding industry in New Zealand. He obviously was one of the great racehorses of his generation and has gone on to be one of the great stallions of his time. So do you think Dagabeel, Purin Dago, Satono Adagan, or Reliable Dag is more appropriate? <laughs> <laughs> what about so you dag? About, about... <laughs> oh, elite! <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you dag? Reckon... <laughs> That's a good yeah. one. Like that. Are you not? A, are you a gelding? St- are, you, are you a stallion still or a gelding? That's all. I'm stallion. I'm a stallion, mate. I'm he's still ne- stallion. He's never going to tell you anyway. You ain't gelding this, mate. Knee gelded. I'm Tenet probably going to get gelded shortly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. You ain't gelding me, mate. Cannot take my pride away from Dagabeel. So you dig. I love that, Bez. Hey, Bez, are you off? When are you back? When are you, when are you heading away? Uh, not till late May. So I've got a few things to do around here, watch a bit of racing, do a few things around the farm, spend a bit of time with the kids, and then off uh, late May for for, uh, for the Ashes campaign. Is So we'll get an opportunity to catch up, I'm sure. I did enjoy catching nice. up down in Queenstown, too. That was great, spending a bit of time with you down there. Oh, it's such a good week. I'm still bloody hurting, let's be completely honest. I've only just come right. That was a big, big <laughs> week with my good friends there at, uh, what do we call it? The Frat House. There we go. The Frat House on the course. It was so good. Thanks very much, Baz. <laughs> we appreciate your time. And uh, we'll, we'll, I'll give you a message later on today. Cheers, brother. Cheers, right. Baz. Well, it's time to talk to our next guest. A very special season. It just wasn't to be for the end of the breakers. Ball in the hand of the champ. And it is done. Sydney, you are back-to-back champions. And you've done it in a most emphatic way. Only a year after finishing at the foot of the NBL ladder, this special group led by club legend Tom Abercrombie and first-time head coach Modi Moore 
started to embody the Breakers teams of old, playing hard defence, winning on the road and shining on the back of a great team culture. The season just went a few minutes too long in the end as they faded late in the fourth against a deserving Sydney Kings outfit who are the new undeniable gold standard in the NBL. Alex Pledger is a multiple-time champion with the Breakers and he's been good enough to join us a few times throughout this run. It's a big good morning, Alex. How you doing, mate, after that late one? Yeah, not too bad, eh? I was pretty um pretty gutted for the for the guys. Um you know, about midnight when it was over, so yeah, had a bit of a late one. But um yeah, it's a little long black this morning, I'll be all good. <laughs> <laughs> I've just had a flat white too, mate, so I'm ready to rip into this last hour. Yeah, I watched the first two quarters but four forty AM start for me, I had to switch off. Then I woke up and seen the score. Mate, that start, though, they got out to a 12-point lead. Like, you, you thought, okay, we're in for something here. That was a hell of a start. They gave themselves chances to obviously get the result. Yeah, they, they did get off to a hot start. Um, you know, Sydney Sydney are a, a quality outfit, so, you know, the, it's it was always going to be a game of runs. But, you know, I in my mind, I the way they started off the fourth, and I think they were up, Seven with six or seven minutes to go, and I thought, you know, I didn't, I, you know, six or seven minutes is still a long time. But in my mind, I was like, and I think they've got it. But you know, Sydney showed their quality and went on a bit of a run uh, to to snatch it away from them. But um, yeah, I'm sure they're disappointed this morning. But um, you know, there are more ways, more ways to measure whether a season is successful or not beyond just winning the championship. So, yeah, they'll be disappointed, but they, they can definitely hold their heads high. They they had a fantastic year. Every, everyone's proud of them, Alex, especially coming back after what they put up with with the COVID uh, situation. Modi Moore, mate, what, what has he brought to this club? Because I think he's been probably one of, the, one of if not the biggest difference um, that's been, been about 2023. Yeah, well, I've... In all honesty, I've I've never met the guy. I've never um, I've never spoken a word to him in my life. So in terms of what he's like, I can't say. But obviously, watching games, um, you know, he's pretty he's pretty energetic on the sideline. Um, and you know, I think you know that kind of trickles down from the top. That kind of energy and um, the passion he brings, it kind of just trickles down the rest of the roster. So I think, and you know. Um, you know, no disrespect to Dan Shamir, but he was he was kind of the opposite of that. He was, you know, a little bit more. You know, he he didn't quite how do you say it? Hop around and jump around and wasn't as quite <laughs> didn't pretty quite reserved. bring the same energy. Yeah. So um, so yeah, and I think that kind of trickled down from the coaches to the assistant coaches down to the players, and um, he really bought. Um, you know, similar to Andre Lamanis did, you know, all those years ago, kind of embraced the, you know, the quote unquote Kiwi culture and, um, you know, brought in guys that kind of fit a similar mold to the, um, the championship teams of, you know, you know, back, back when we were winning them. Um, and you really instilled, um, you know, a, a great team culture, defensive mindset, um, and yeah, I think um, yeah he he was a fantastic player to get to the grand final um, as your first year as a head coach. 
um, you know, not not too many uh, can do that. So to be able to earn the trust, well, he's been he's been there for a little while, so he knows a lot of the guys already. But you know, to kind of get that trust from your from your guys, kind of right from the get go, um, you know, not a lot of coaches can do that. Yeah, the buy-in from the start was was evident from the from the outset. They just had the right mentality, the right focus, and I loved it, absolutely loved it. But the hardest thing is is to back it up. The Kings have done it. They've gone and won back-to-back titles. But now they're going to lose some talent. Xavier Cooks is also to the NBA. There was chat last night, McDowell White, they're trying to sign him on. Barry Brown, Brantley, what do they do? Like, Is this going to be a golden time for the Breakers and the Kings, or do you see them it, it going to be a difficult time to be able to carry on this form, knowing the other opportunities on, on, on the board for these players? Yeah, you know, it's... it's... You know, it's going to be an interesting off season for both of those teams. You know, with with Cooks going and um, you know McDowell White for the Breakers as a free agent, and a lot of teams around the NBL have made it quite clear that they're going after him. So, um, you know, if if the Breakers want to keep him, you know, uh, you know they're going to have to put quite a few zeros on that check. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, they've, um, you know, I'm pretty sure all of the, you know, Brown, Brantley and Pardon, they were all on one year deals. So not just from, not just interest from other NBL teams, but from, you know, European clubs and other areas around the world, they'll be highly sought after after the seasons that they just had as well. So, um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of, how how the off season goes, um, but I think you know now that they've kind of established, you know Sydney have you know won it twice in a row now, and Breakers got to the grand final. So I think you know hopefully the kind of culture that those two teams have established, you know they might not be able to bring back the the exact guys, but you know if they you know bring the same the same type of players in terms of their mindset and, you know, bringing a team first defensive mentality. Um, there's, there's no reason why they can't, despite they'll probably lose some of their players from this year, but I don't see any reason why they can't kind of be in the thick of it for the next, for the next several years. Yeah, it'll be, be interesting, eh? The, the imports, we know the importance of them, and, and man, it's great to watch them play. They play a different brand of of basketball, and it was great to see Barry Brown Jr. absolutely dunk on them last game. But let, I want to talk to you about officiating. I was watching that game last night, and some of the calls, it is a physical, obviously, game with these two teams. They play a physical brand of defense, but some of the calls I thought were a bit outrageous with Chad, uh, Chad the coach, Brunson, I think his name is last name, Burston, whatever it is. But he was kind of in the referee's ear and obviously got fined uh, after that last match with his comments in the post-match. How, do you, how did you see the officiating playing out last night? Yeah, you know, it's you know not just in basketball but in every sport. Um, when their team wins, the referees are awesome and when their team loses... <laughs> the referees are bad, um, and that's just the life. That's just that's just the life of a referee, I suppose. But um, but yeah, I thought you know, there's, you're never going to get a five game series with you know the Breakers and Kings are two of the most physical teams in the league, two of the best defensive teams, 
And, you know, occasionally you're going to get, um, you know, some bad calls and occasionally they're going to let some things go. And as fans and I'm sure as players and the coaches, it probably feels like it's a little a little inconsistent and feel, feel like you're always getting hard done by. But um, for the most part, I, I don't think the referees played a massive role in the outcome of the series. Like, I don't think they blatantly favoured one team or the other. Um, yeah. You know, it always seems to go, you know, the one team will have a quarter where they're in the bonus three or four minutes into it and then the next quarter and it feels like you're getting screwed over and then the next quarter the same thing will happen to the other team so there, <laughs> there are kind of there there are there are moments where you know those moments where it feels like you're you know you're getting the getting a raw deal and then you know you kind of ignore the next kind of little stretch of play where you're getting a good whistle and it just feels like it <laughs> um, feels like you're getting the rough end of it but overall I thought it was pretty pretty well refereed considering the physicality um, and yeah I mean the, the old saying they're only human they're not going to get them all right um, but yeah I don't think the referees played a massive role in the outcome of the series and that's all you can ask for. Yeah, good good call, Alex. Hey, do you think with Sydney, are they that far ahead of everyone at the moment with the second um, premiership? And does the parity with the breakers at, mean that we are going okay? Um, no, I, I don't think the... Obviously, they've been the kind of cream of the crop the last two seasons, but I don't think they're so far ahead of everybody else that the rest of the league can't catch up. You know, they, they did show this year, you know, the, you know, last year they lost their three imports and bought in three new ones um, and went back to back again. You know, that's a situation the breakers may find themselves in this upcoming year where, um, you know, they might not be able to bring everybody back, but, you know, I think, you know, teams, Teams like Perth, Perth are always, they haven't had a great run of it the last couple of years, but they're only a few pieces away. The breakers are right there. Um, you know, teams like Melbourne, like Melbourne United deal, dealt with a lot of injuries to key players this year, but, you know, they were one position away from making the play-in. You know, South East Melbourne have a lot of dangerous pieces as well, so... Um, you know, Sydney have been the best of the best over the last two years, but there are a lot of teams around the league knocking on the door. Um, and yeah, I think just having, you know, having that parity and not, you know, not going into the season going, oh yeah, well this team's going to win it again. Um, I think that's I think that's good for the league, kind of having multiple teams that are. You know, there, there are the teams that are right at the top, but there are several other teams that are a piece or two away from being right there as well. And I think that's only good, uh, can only be good for the competition. What else is good for the league is absolute legends staying and playing their trade for a very long time. We don't know what he's going to do, but Tom Abercrombie potentially is going to hang up the, the shoes and, and look for, to do something else, mate. Look, you've played a ton of basketball with, with Tom. What has his impact been on this New Zealand Breakers side? Yeah, he's he's kind of been that constant for the last mm. kind of how long has he been there? Kind of uh, probably around fifteen years. He's kind of been 
you know, through all ownership changes, coaching changes, players come and go, but he's kind of been that one constant. Um, you know, he's, um, I think he's just a couple of months younger than me. I'm pretty sure he's 35. Um, but, you know, still being able to contribute at the level that he can. Um, he keeps him, he keeps himself in great physical condition. Um, you know, he probably can't jump twice, quite as high as he used to be able to but um but he's still a pretty he's still he's still a pretty phenomenal athlete um great leadership qualities very good defensive player so you know it'll be interesting i'm I'm not sure what his contract status is i'm not sure if he's under contract next Mm -hmm. season or not but i'm pretty sure they said on the broadcast last night that last night's game um was his 399th so i um, yeah, but being that close you... to 400, uh, being that close to 400, I'm pretty sure he'll go around at least, at least one more time. He can still, you know, got, got guys, you know, guys with that type of leadership ability and, um, you know, he can still defend almost every position on the basketball court very well. Um, you know, just has a lot of versatility in that area. So he's still, you know, the, the off court stuff. Is, is obvious but you know he's still he can still contribute in a lot of ways on the court and yeah I uh, you know if I played 399 games and then retired that <laughs> be a little that would just be a little itch that would annoy me for the rest of my life so um, <laughs> yeah so yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure um, he'll go around at least one more time but that's just something we'll have to have to wait and see Beautiful, mate. We appreciate your time. Just quickly before we let you go, how you doing, bud? You doing all right? All good? Yeah, good. Um, healthy. Um, I went back to the um, to the gym for the first time in about a year and a half yesterday. So, nice. See if the hamstrings, see, see if the hamstrings can get through the day. Um, but yeah, uh, overall, can't complain too much, eh? <laughs> Beautiful. It's good to hear, Alex Pledger, mate. You're an absolute champion, and we appreciate you taking your time and your reaction to last night's game. We're so gutted, but I'm sure the the breakers can bounce back. And uh, Ab- Ab- Tom Abercrombie, one more, mate. 399 not out. That would be absolutely <laughs> yeah. torture. So there you go. Yeah. Thanks so much, mate. <laughs> right, cheers. Thank you. There he is. Alex Pledger, what a... He's such a big, gentle giant, isn't he? He is. Oh. And uh, and makes a lot of sense. Like, just calls it. Like, you know, the, the referees. He basically said they can't win. You the, you mm. win. The coaches are going to love you. Do you lose? The coaches call you cheat. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> I like. I just it's, like the way he just came up with that. It's the awareness of these referees. If you feel Louis, and it can be like the awareness that like last night it was six one six one fouls to the breakers. Uh, um, Kings have been fouled six times. Or. or Made foul six times, and then the referees all of a sudden give two straight back, and then they start evening up the ledger, and it's like it's kind of like they're aware of it, and then they're like, oh, okay, it's a bit one side here, might have to bring it back a little bit, and then we get to the end of the game, it's it's even. So, yeah, I just thought there was a couple of dubious calls last night, but that's just my thoughts. You know, I'm I'm pretty sore loser, and I'm pretty sure that the Crusaders will get a couple on the weekend. Mackenzie Colza joins us this morning, a trainer, talented rider, whose family has a rich history of importing some of the best horses to compete in New Zealand. Good morning, Mackenzie. How are you this morning? 
Hi there. Good morning. Good, thank you. That's good. Hey, just tell us, how did you first get into show jumping? Um, I always loved the sport. It really fascinated me, the whole training side of it and building a relationship, and I always wanted to give it a go. So one day I thought, right, let's do this, and we got some horses. I actually originally started on a few quarter horses and then got a few ponies and then started breaking in and training my own babies and then, yeah, I've got about a team of 15 now. Oh, that's plenty. And how how involved are the rest of your family in day-to-day operations at Aspen Park? Um, Dad has Aspen Bloodstock, which is thoroughbred racing, and he is very into that. So we're kind of half thoroughbred racing, half show jumpers. Mum helps run the logistics side of the barn and helps me train them and all the other things that go on to running a busy stable. My little sister Cassidy is 17. She also competes at junior rider level. And then my older sister, uh, sorry, my middle sister is second year law. She used to ride but is doing uni now and doesn't ride. Real family affair, which is good to see. Um, uh, Most of the horses you train and sell imported from overseas? Most of them are. We try to get them really young, you know, a day-old kind of thing, and import them, and then I have them as babies and let them grow and then train them and sell them when they're about seven kind of thing, or if I have too many, then I'll sell them younger. Oh, that's, that's, that's really interesting. So do you get to ride most of them, or do you just breed yes. them and... You do. You get to ride yes. most of them before you send them off. And what's what's one of? Yeah. Have you got one that's been ridden around the world at the moment that you guys have bred and gone? Well, that's our horse on the on the um, on the championship trail at the moment, and we know that we've bred a really good one there. Um, we didn't breed him, but we bought him as a baby, and I broke him in and trained him. He is competing in Australia, which is cool. And um, yeah, I've got a couple that have got. Overseas passports. They've been to more places than I have, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. Hey, I see your family also has a history of importing um, thoroughbreds. You know, and we would we would know. Do you have much of an interest in horse racing? Yes, I do. So we breed thoroughbreds and send them to the sales. And I've got quite a few mares that Dad has raced that have been successful that we now have in our breeding program. So that is Dad's passion. And he does that alongside of his work. And I look after them, prepare them for the sales and, you know, look after the babies, send the mums off to be fold down and send them off to get bred and that sort of thing. So I love that side of it. And that's a pretty cool thing to have alongside of my show jumpers. Oh, that's that's really interesting. So do you have a, a winner for us today at Ashburton? I don't think we have anything at Ashburton today, but we did have a win at Otaki last week. And what was that called? Uh, gosh, I could not tell you. Uh, Hold the Press, I think it was. Hold the Press. All right. That's, a, that's one we'll keep an eye on for the future. Hey, look, tell us what's coming up for you and the team competition-wise. Any big events still to come this season? Yes, we head north next Sunday for three weeks to do two Taupo shows, then series finals.
Oh, so you got plenty, you've still got plenty, plenty on. Hey, Mackenzie, thank you very much for joining us this morning on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Um, we really hope you uh, wish, hope and wish you all the best for the, fu- for the future and the rest of the year. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on. There you go. There was Mackenzie Causa, brought to you by Fibre Fresh Produce, natural forage feed products that contain all the essential ingredients required for a happy, healthy and top-performing animal.